There's a frost upon your field now An early winter All your red reflecting roses Wilted black You were staring at the ocean Beyond the cliff's edge Was a face you had forgotten Staring back You don't know Okay, this is our third attempt trying to record the opening to this show. Hey, hello, hi. This is The Sounding Board, your weekly podcast that is sometimes about music. And the host is sometimes on a lot of cocaine. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to pick up the pace a little bit to make up for lost time. I'm Josh. I'm the host of The Sounding Board. With me, as always, is Camden Taylor, the co-host of The Sounding Board. Yeah, I'm one of the hosts who never gets offered any lines <laughs> for the show. <laughs> you know, like, there's no sharing going on here. You're the weather girl in this relationship. You point at the diagrams, which doesn't do much good I because we're an audio-only show. Also with me, you're much more important than that. You are the Thank heart. You. Thank you. The heart of the sounding board. Yeah. Also with me is Ted Theodore Challenge Hooker, the second. I also talk about the diagrams. I don't yeah, just point that's an important thing. <laughs> Mentions yeah, 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 yeah. And they're all just they're just they're, they're all just covered in lacquer. I, I describe yeah, some, they're of their, all just I describe some of their features. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> You point at the lacquered diagrams and describe them for the class. Yes. I forgot That's about that. <laughs> it was nice. I figure, you know, every now and then we gotta we gotta reach way back. Yeah. Yeah. Got a long ass callback call for the uh the sounding board diehards. Yeah, the sounding board the, the true fans is what we like to call them. <laughs> I call Guys. them sa- I call them sounding whores. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oh, that's good. God damn it. (laughs) Guys, welcome back to another edition, another weekly episode. The last weekly episode of the year of The Sounding Board. After this, we've got... uh, Monthly episodes. Well, we'll get into it. Then yearly episodes. (laughs) Yeah. One episode a year of The Sounding Board. We talk only about the best album that came out that year ten years ago. (laughs) It's our whole shtick. Our whole shtick. We could. What would we? What would we call it? The time machine board. We would not call it that. We definitely. <laughs> that would be a terrible thing. No, yeah. guys. But yeah. <laughs> God, no, we're, we're not. That that title is for something else. That's for our porn podcast, hmm. which airs yeah. every Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of... Goes up alongside the sounding board. It's. Call, um, I don't have something for this. Let's move it's on. It's called Three Fuckable Guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, there we go. <laughs> you don't have to be creative because we already said it. <sighs> Guys, it's been a week. It's been tell. a busy week. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one week exactly, uh, plus about 30 minutes because we had to try three times to get this to work. It's been a week and some things have happened and... And I've had less free time than ever, uh, which is really conducive to 
to this, to, to having any sort of hobbies. Um, but you know, you make do. You, uh, you make it work. How about you guys? What's been going on? You must be approaching finals, you fucking college students. It is finals week right it's now. It's literally finals. Today, so today was the last week of actual classes. Mm-hmm. So it is now officially finals week. Yeah. So about an hour ago, I finished my last actual assignment of the year. So, hooray! Congratulations! <laughs> that's a that's that's like a big deal. Yeah. Because that means you have like what three weeks of no no actual work. Yeah. So I got next week, which is just you know studying for finals, which isn't that bad really. I always found that the week before finals is way worse than finals week itself. Totally. So much always worse. Is. <laughs> like, um, because in finals week you have like. If you're lucky, you have like one final a day. Sometimes you get a, like shafted on the schedule, and you get like. Uh, but a but even lineup. if you get shafted on the schedule, you but have anyways, like you have like shitloads of time each day. Yeah, where, yeah. You know, it's you like it's, any... it's yeah. It's the sweet life, man. Yeah. Way more manageable. You or even you just you just stack all your finals on Monday. Three finals on Monday, then you leave and go mm-hmm. home. That would be the ideal thing. They kind of fucked us this year, though. Yeah, they make a weird schedule here. They were like, oh, Monday's the last day of classes. Tuesday, nothing yep. is scheduled. Yeah, and then two finals are Wednesday like to Saturday. Two finals on Wednesday and, like, <laughs> 90 on Saturday. It's yeah. the weirdest fucking thing. I That's get... super strange. Like, yeah. Saturday? Yeah, there's not even really Saturday classes normally. So it's just like a big dick move. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, there's nothing happening on Tuesday. Nothing. nothing. Literally. They could have just shifted everything one that's day a, forward. That, that's reading day. That's what Apparently. we call that. Reading day. Where we read. Normally, that's the Friday before finals week. Yeah. But your yeah. school is just super fucked up. That's the other thing. I don't know why they end classes on a Monday either. That doesn't make any sense. Nope. No. Not e- <laughs> maybe, like... maybe like, maybe Monday is party day. Maybe every class is supposed to have a mandatory party and all your professors just forgot. Yeah. Everybody dance. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... Those would be some of the most awkward dance parties I've ever Yeah. Attend. Yeah, right. that would be like... Like bottom tier. A, a well, dan- if you had a dance party that was all electrical engineering students, students ah, that would be the shittiest. Man, dance party I would be ever. there so fast. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. It would be pretty funny. I I've got to say, it would it would be the shittiest actual dance party. But in terms of like things that you could record and put on YouTube, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, clearly, I would have the best moves out of it. Which is what would be on YouTube. Yeah. Like, this guy really? is the best in the crowd? Really? Mm-hmm. I know, right? Like, <laughs> oh. this guy is fucking terrible. <laughs> oh. Oh. Why is he in a, in a Mike's Hard onesie? <laughs> That's what I should have done today for last day of class. Like, just yeah. worn my Mike's Hard onesie to all, why don't my, you, all my classes. Why don't you do that to your finals, man? You still um, have time. Good call, good Please call. do. Can you can you walk in with like all the winter gear and then just take off the winter gear and <laughs> use Mike's hard onesie the whole time? <laughs> like people might it's judge my, you. It's my good luck onesie. Yeah. I always wear it. <laughs> always For finals. Wear it finals. <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh, no, no, no. If you do that... Oh, no, 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 everyone you, would be like, that's not true. I've had finals with you for three and a half years. <laughs> I have started to always wear it in finals. <laughs> it started this yeah. year. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. I, you need to do that. Like, you need to do that. I don't I don't have, right, like, a good okay, bargaining sure, chip here. Yeah. All right. Uh, you're right. I do need to do that. I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> I, you should, you should, you should Snapchat me a picture of you 
about to take a final in that onesie, and you're not, I were allowed to Snapchat during finals. Yeah, that, before that, the final, you, you sit down before phone. the paper, and you just anyway. yeah, you just, just reach up your and... test, like taking pictures <laughs> of it with your phone. Well, I, I meant I meant taking a selfie, but you know, yeah. so I mean, Snapchat's like got the first answer, <laughs> <laughs> and then second one. Yeah, not sure about this one. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, oh man no but that would be that would be really excellent if you were to show up to your finals in that i mean like what would they do to stop you they couldn't throw you out there's no dress code for finals no there's not they wouldn't care there would, yeah no one would care It'd just be <laughs> exactly yeah, it would just, just be, a bit be amazing and probably a little chilly yeah and probably only wearing cold. that it's not a very warm no. onesie i know you could i know at mm. least the rooms i'm having two of my finals in are definitely not warm rooms <laughs> I could wear layers under it, I yeah. guess. You could wear yeah, real yeah. clothes like, underneath. Just throw ones. some stuff on under it so you stay warm, but that has to be what's on display. You're graded on a curve, right? We're strategizing here. You distract all the other students, they do worse, you do better. Yeah, but then he fucks the curve up. Right, but he ends up at the upper end of the curve. True. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, Right? Sure. Okay, all right. I feel yeah, you. I'm feeling it? I'm feeling it. All right. All right. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Ted, what have you been up to? What's been going on in, in your life? You must have some finals uh, coming up as uh, you approach I've... the end of your UAF career. Yeah. I, so I finished my first class today, actually. Um, I had to, because of being a transfer student, you know, I've had to take like three classes I've already had to take. Um, I'm taking my, my oceans course, which I've already taken on a boat in the middle of the ocean but that's okay that was a fun class it's not valid it's not valid doesn't count doesn't count <laughs> um, yeah um I, I i hate to be the one to inform you of this but boats are not accredited institutions it was through an accredited institution though <laughs> but you were not in an accredited institution <laughs> in an accredited <laughs> an accredited institution <laughs> You were in an outcredited institution, which does not count. (laughs) Well, either way, whether or not I was part of an accredited or incredited institution. It um, may have been an incredible institution. (laughs) God. Um, But I had to retake my sociology class that I took my first year of college as well, which I aced and got all the points for. And then they're like, ah, I know it's literally the exact same class, but we're not going to count it, so you have to take this stupid online course. So I finished that today, which is great. Happy to not do that anymore. Um, I've got one test on Wednesday, and then my last final um, is uh, me. I have to build two models for scene design, two models of plays. It's very exciting. Um, what is a model of a play? Uh, so scene design, I, I designed the set for the play. And so I had to build a model or, or have a full rendering of my set design. Um, and as I'm not as good of a, a, like an artist, drawer, artist, sketcher or painter as I am. Drawer is in fact the technical a drawer, term. Let's go with that. As drawer. a, as a rural drawer, uh, <laughs> I decided to build rather than draw um and so my first one is about three quarters of the way there i've got like i had a crappy rough draft now i'm building my 
um, to scale second draft and then like the final draft will be on really nice material um, with like sketches on it and stuff. So it's coming along really well. I found out I'm quite good at it. I'm, I'm excited. So that'll be nice. And then the big thing in my life is I leave Fairbanks on Saturday. So I I start my move on Saturday officially. So I need to like pack all of the things that I own into my car this week, which is yeah, that's uh, that's that's right, right. That's super right around the corner. <clears throat> yeah, I keep forgetting, and I'm just like, oh <laughs> shit, I got a lot to do. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know, well, it'll get done. I might have a couple days where I don't sleep very well, but. I'll survive. I also hey, want to try. That's normal. Yeah, I just also want to we try all... and enjoy my last week in Fairbanks. So yeah, I'm trying to like fine. balance it out without burning myself out or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's very that's exciting. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's crazy. Like, so you're going to be traveling, driving from Fairbanks all the way down to San Jose. A little further, going to Monterey. Damn close though. damn you're about an hour and 20 minutes off all right well that that's basically san jose Not as bad. far as i'm concerned super close <laughs> why don't you tell me a little bit about your uh your planned trip um so i it's kind of a rough plan I'm, i don't like planning trips fully um other than what i have to because it's going to change no matter what i do anyways because i'll find things that i think are cooler totally um yeah and i I learned that from camden actually from him i remember because he took his big his big walkabout a couple years ago (laughs) i walked around a little bit (laughs) walked a little yep went down the street went down the street checked out the corner picked up some chips (laughs) yeah it was a big deal (laughs) and i've never left but then i got distracted by the river and stopped out and you know like talked to a fisherman for a little bit and that was better than going straight home so you've got to be willing to alter your travel plans that's all i'm saying exactly Mm -hmm. man that's like i wrote a book about it yeah it's it's really bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not good it's called jojen (laughs) that was the joke that i was going to make oh (laughs) good i'm glad (laughs) yeah that was the joke that i was gonna make (laughs) i'm glad i'm not the only one um yeah so basically my plan is um i'm gonna go to juno for a couple days to go hang out with my my friends uh the crayons as we call them, because they used to have colorful hair all the time as a pair, um, and I haven't seen them in about a year, so that'll be great, and Juno is awesome. Um, then from Juno, we're going to take the ferry down to Bellingham. Uh, Lita's got a couple friends pretty close to there we're going to have brunch with, then I'm going to go spend a couple of days in Seattle with josh over there and um hey you're gonna ah, be here hey that's I you know, it's <laughs> oh crazy. that's me oh how weird <laughs> how excellent um and then a couple other friends um we're gonna record our our big episode while i'm there which will be a, a big pain in the ass i'm really excited <laughs> yeah um, yeah is that, it, it, we'll talk about that at the end of the show oh for sure i'm not gonna no spoilers here none um and so from there, we're going to start driving down. We're probably going to pop over to Bend um, because oh, I'm I, so jealous. I really want to visit Bend. Mm-hmm. I only hear good things, but mostly Deschutes Brewery is there. Right. Deschutes. Right. Go. Like that is the reason. Yeah. Like I hear it's basically all breweries and guitar shops. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
I also totally. um, sounds like a pretty cool I, place. I hear it does. Boneyard is near there. Boneyard Brewing. Boneyard's in Bend. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. In Bend. And I've heard incredible <laughs> things about their uh, their their double and triple IPA, like mm-hmm. yeah. top tier beer. The uh, yeah, the one of their IPAs I've had is like probably my favorite IPA I've ever tried. Yeah, I had so... I had their uh, their I think it was their Snake Bite or something like that mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah. That was they're a fucking killer. So good. Nice. Yeah. So awesome. good. Sorry. No, go it's on. okay. This You're gonna we... go to Bend. Bend. I might stop at Boneyard as well, apparently. Um, then I'm going to drive to Florence, Oregon, because I've got a uh, cousin, half-sister sort of thing. Um, my mom is a twin, so technically she's my half-sister, um, which is genetics. They're so cool. Um, so I'm going to go see my cousin, Cassie, and her husband. Um going to stay there for a night, then I'm going to... Just drive the rest of the way. Seattle is actually really close to to Monterey, I found out. So once I get to Seattle, it's only like 15 hours of driving, and I'm there. That's okay. When you live in Alaska, 15 hours is... That's it, two drives. Yeah, that's really... Yeah, that's like two drives. <laughs> um, that's basically going to two cities. <laughs> yep. Um, mm-hmm. so As it we, turns out, things are a little bit more densely packed down here. It's so weird. Um, so we've got a couple of little places we're going to try and stop. Um, there's... Uh, I don't know, some cool shit all around that area. I'm gonna see Highway Rob's. 1. Huh? You see Robbie? Yeah, I'm gonna try. I I need to get a hold of Robbie, but I'm gonna go see Robbie. I keep forgetting. Because I was like, something's in Eugene. wonder what that is. It's Robbie. Um, so I gotta go see Robbie. Uh, spend a little time with him. And then make my way down. Uh, it'll put me in... San Francisco, because I've got bang bang. There's, some good, there's gonna, some good bang bang. There's options good. There's in some Eugene. great bang bang options in Eugene. So we're gonna bang bang it I know up. That for a fact. Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> bang bang extra. <laughs> Make sure that Robbie doesn't lay down in the middle of the street this time. <laughs> Put him to the side. So yep. the Make sure he's ass. firmly yeah. on the sidewalk. I love that moment so much. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, so yeah, it, it's a loose plan, but there's it'll be good no matter what. I'm excited about it. Um, All right. And, yeah. and how long... Uh, so Lita's driving down with you? Yeah, Lita will be with me. Um, and that'll put us in Monterey around the 31st or the 1st. So on New Year's, one of them. Um, and then she'll be down there with me until about the 10th. Then she flies back up to Fairbanks. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. really exciting, dude. How how long do you think you're going to be in Monterey for? Till my grandmother dies. I have no idea. It's That's I mean... like the best way to <laughs> measure time till someone dies. <laughs> yeah. I I've had I've been asked that a lot and I found that's like the easiest way to answer it other than just indefinitely and then everyone looks at you like what are you a pretentious well, I was asshole? I was just kind of hoping that it would be something a little less macabre but you know <laughs> I'm going there to spend time with her so that's really the whole yeah. reason Yeah absolutely well I it's good that you're getting the opportunity to do that Yeah I'm pretty lucky right. to be able to do this yeah, that's that's really fantastic, and and the way that it's working out seems like it's gonna give you some stories at the very least. I love me some stories, and yeah, once a uh, once you're down there, we're gonna have to kind of rejigger the podcast to fit your new lifestyle. Very mm-hmm. exciting, mm-hmm. Um, and and work forward from there. Well, guys, 
Camden, is there anything else that you did that you wanted to talk about? No. No. <laughs> no! No! Stop asking me. Fine. Okay. All right. Well, guys, let's talk uh, about the thing that we're here to talk about. Let's talk about some music. Parades! Let's, let's, Parades! Let's about... <laughs> Elephants! <laughs> Do you guys like parades? I like parades. <laughs> parades are fireworks. I, I, so. I don't know, man. There's a lot of people. I don't know. I don't know. They are kind of unexciting. Yeah. <laughs> parades are yeah, they're, they're actually really super boring. Like the, 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 ones in, the, the ones in Valdez always throw candy, though. So that's that's yeah, true. That's what, I, that that's what, I mostly great. remember parades from when I was a young one in Sitka, and it was like the same as the ones in... These. Yeah, they, like, they always of, throw candy. You got so much candy. <laughs> so much. Like, you got to be careful. It was basically it's almost always raining. Yeah. So you got to like save the candy before it gets in the puddle mm-hmm. and things like that. Yep. <laughs> well, well, now these used to be less rainy. Or at least I remember it as less rainy. Like I I don't I don't know. I'm talking about when I was in elementary school, junior high, right? Yeah. Like yeah. when I was a youngin. <laughs> I'm I would say it was probably just as rainy, given the climate of the area and the amount of precipitation that is that is drawn from the depth of the ocean at that point, and then the height of the mountains. That's oh, why I, it's so snowy. I, 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 I know. I, I understand. I just remember far more sunny parades than I do rainy ones. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And then you know the same thing that happened to Seattle. You like Seattle's got a similar a similar ocean setup, and like the rain here has gotten progressively worse over the years. And you can you can talk to Seattle locals about it. Like rainstorms weren't a Seattle thing, and now they kind of are. Like it was just kind of misty all the time, yeah. and like sprinkly, and the rain has just gotten heavier. And you know, I was a young child, so maybe my memory is not as sound as it might be otherwise. But I definitely remember Valdez being slightly less miserable <laughs> when it got ready. <laughs> No, not parades. Well, and, We're not here to talk about well, fucking sit, parades, in sit, in Camden. Fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. My memory says raining. all the time. Yeah. I don't remember any days it wasn't raining. <laughs> I know every it single rain day. Every, not, not in the fucking like five years I lived there. <laughs> Sitka, in fact, lives under a rain cloud and travels yeah. with it. I don't think I've ever been to Sitka. I haven't. I need to. Do you? I was gonna try and put it on my list. Yeah, it's, it's fucking yeah, it's a cool place. Phenomenal place. Okay, all right. Well, I I always in my head I I picture. Oh God, we're gonna get way into Alaska. Let's cut it off now. Um, <laughs> let's talk about music instead. I I was gonna say I picture Whittier, but that doesn't no. mean anything to oh, to anyone who man. isn't right. That's, right. That's exactly. Totally the wrong thing yeah. to picture. That is exactly. Wrong thing so let's picture. let's like guys let's area. fucking Sitka's talk. It's like a real place. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a building. <laughs> a that ghost everyone town. Lives in. <laughs> no, there are two buildings and there is a tunnel connecting them. Thank you. You're right. Okay. Well, in Sitka there are at least five buildings. <laughs> at Damn. Least. Guys, let's talk about music. Let's. I don't have a good joke for this. I. Mm. Let's talk about music. Ted, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you've been listening to? Uh, well, given the period of time in the year it is, I've just been spending all of my time uh, listening to albums. I've been I've been going through a couple of the top fifty or favorite albums of the year list. 
Sorry, just watching Camden pour the last of the coffee real fast. Um, I've been going through everyone's list and, and sort of re-familiarizing myself with some albums I haven't listened to in a while or didn't know came out. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's, so there's a lot of those this year. I'm fucking way off. <laughs> I love that one. It's like, yep. oh, oh, cool. Oh, that came out in fucking <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I'm going to check that Sweet. shit out. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we... Uh, mm, and it, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Never mind. Yeah. Carry on. So I that's all I've really been doing. I've just been backtracking on all the albums we've talked about before, um, which is really pleasant. I've listened to some good shit. Um, this, uh, the, the album this week, I've been listening to that a shit ton, but I've also been listening to a lot more by Tanari Wen. Um, like I've listened to about five of their albums. Um, and so five, that's crazy. I, that's so many albums. You're crazy. I don't know. I was, yeah, I didn't want to seem too crazy. So, <laughs> but I brought it up five whole <laughs> albums. Um, how many of them were four hours long? No, none of them. Josh, <laughs> carry on. They could have. They might have. You don't know. They were all four hours long. One was five. <laughs> five. Holy five shit. whole hours. Yeah. Okay. So Deal you've been listening it. to a, to a lot of uh, Tanari Wen. Is it all the mm-hmm. same sort of style as uh, what we're going to talk about today? Or do they have uh, no. Some... So Tassili is actually kind of um, was a was a shift in their sound because um, before that they were they were sort of heavier in the electrical guitar sort of feeling they were they were more classic-y rock um with the album really yeah uh not not too much more but definitely more um and tassili was sort of um as we'll go into was was a, a shift back to their roots um so the, there's they have uh i wouldn't call quite call it a varied discography but there is there is more around them than just tassili's um I just chose Tassili because it was, it had my For favorite like song by them. A surface level thing. It seems like this album has a lot more acoustic tracks than yeah, and that's the big thing. There's a lot more acoustic tracks. Albums. Yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna we're into, gonna get, get yeah. into it for sure. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would have never suspected that they used electric instruments at all. That's one of their big things. But we'll talk about it. What do you mean? There's... Yeah, yeah. And there is no, also no, I, wanna, I definitely want to know more about them. We'll uh, we'll get to it though. Uh, anything else? Well, there are electric <laughs> instruments on Tassili, but other than that, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> like um, like a whole whole lot of them. <laughs> um, but I it so all sounded acoustic to me. I spent a lot of time. Uh, I've I've been trying to like catch up on music videos because I don't really watch them super often. I like them whenever I watch them, and I, I get yeah, in these totally. little kicks. And so I'm trying to catch up on the good ones that came out this year which turns out there's no like easy way to find out what music videos came out this year i tried that on youtube i was like 2015 song and it was all shit i didn't like look through look for like singles yeah singles is a good way to do it definitely not all yeah a lot of them i've been doing a bad job of it is the point i found some cool ones camden showed me some cool ones so i'm excited about that um yeah, nothing, nothing standout as of now, though. Okay. Yeah. I have... I've been super, super busy and super, super exhausted just because of the way that my life is kind of shifting and uh, what I'm working on my, my, my own time and, and the way that my uh, my job is kind of turning. Um, it is It has kept me super, super busy. And there are only two major things that I listened to this week. I listened to... Uh, a track by Samuel Orson called Cocaine Princess. 
which was an eight-minute instrumental that was supposed to be like a walk through cocaine addiction, which was awesome. I really, really liked okay. it. Okay. Super, super cool. I'll try and find it again so I can send what's, it to you guys. What's like the instrumental makeup of it? What's What kind of stuff is in there? Um, It's been a little while since I've heard it because I heard it pretty early in the week. Um, but it it had... I think it had a lot of electric guitar and it had... um, It sort of captured the addiction feeling with this really weird kind of pulsing... Um, melody that it would return to it would kind of break away and come back to um which i i thought was really interesting in in the way that it kind of tried to to go for that that you know sort of omnipresent wanting thing and then the relief when when you take the bump um really really cool right. i wish i'd listened to it more recently um but it was it was around like wednesday of last week so it would it's not super fresh in my mind i just remember really liking it to the point where i i wrote it down and i was like this is something that those guys should hear um so i'll see if i can i can track cool. that down and send it to you it it was a really neat track yeah, and I'd... then sorry go ahead yeah i'd be interested in hearing that for sure yeah yeah uh i think you'd like it um and then I listened to a Nas album. I oh, listened yeah? to Streets Disciple. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Really? Streets Disciple's good. No. Well, <laughs> well <laughs> I, I really <laughs> haven't heard it. <laughs> I don't I know not, what you I've not heard very many, very many Nas albums, to be honest. Okay. Streets Disciple's really good. Um, it's a... Well, I really like the first two-thirds of it. Okay. I think the back third uh, kind of gets a little lazy and a little boring. What year um, is that from? Like what? Oh, I don't know. I let me look that up real quick while I describe it. Um, okay. It's a it's a really interesting album. It's a double album, so two CDs of thirteen tracks each, and the first like two thirds of it is is pretty pretty intense. Like. Um, it's it's pretty heavy stuff, and then I felt that uh, that when it got into the last third, it kind of got a little a little lighthearted for for what I'm looking for from Nas, who you know Nas is a conscious rapper. He that that's who he is. Um, but he 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 goes right. He raps pretty hard. He's got awesome flow. Um, it was from 2004. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I listened to it because my girlfriend told me it was her favorite Nas album, and and yeah, I I liked it a lot. I think it's it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, it's Nas, so it's probably worth checking out, no matter whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you want your your hip hop roots, um, yeah. My only my only quibble with it was the last third just kind of got a little light. You know, I felt uh, tonally it it kind of it was it was. It didn't function as a release. It just didn't feel consistent, right? Okay. Because you'll you'll get albums where the last things, the last tracks are are more lighthearted, but you kind of build into it and and it feels like a release of tension. And it, it, to me, this didn't feel like that. Okay, it just felt like he wanted to put some nicer tracks at the end after mm. rapping about the streets and drugs and and what it means to be a conscious rapper versus a gangster rapper. Um, so yeah, yeah, wasn't super hot on the end of the the album, but up till there, I really liked it. I also um, 
re-listened to a few chunks of the game, um, documentary two and two point five. Yeah, I really like those albums. I like yeah. them a lot. I, <laughs> I, really I, I like, I, I like, I like that they do a tremendous job of blending new hip hop and young artists mm-hmm. with really classic hip hop sensibilities. Yeah, and definitely. really classic hip hop production. Yeah. Um, I think they they do that extremely well. And one of the things that they do when I listen to those albums is they get me excited to go back and listen to old hip hop that I hadn't I haven't spent time with yeah, before. Definitely, especially so, all the uh, like most of the, all the features on there that are from like old guys are all really fucking good. Anyway, those are that's kind of what I listen to. Um, how about you guys? Uh, how about well, Ted, you already told us, but Camden, yeah, I did. yeah. Camden. <laughs> So I I went back and listened to I kind of did the same thing Ted did I did a lot of uh, mostly just listening to songs from this year from stuff I liked um, you know because we're making our our lists and all that so I listened to a lot of stuff I didn't listen to too many albums themselves I listened to the new album from Proto Martyr called uh, I still uh, need to get back <clears> called the Agent Intellect kind of a cool post-punk album i haven't been listening to many albums for that style this year and that this i thought this one was really good it has some really strong tracks on it um the uh the vocalist's really droll delivery is really fitting of the style and really works very well i remember seeing okay. him during block party and he looked like he was having a stroke the yeah. entire time it was fantastic <laughs> yeah no it has it has some very good songs i'd, I would check it i'd recommend checking that out if you're into that type of music Any if you're not i don't know if it's do uh dope cloud for sure um when does it why does it shake the opening track devil in his youth is really cool okay um yeah it's a that was a cool listen let's see i also listened to yeah so most of it was just other crap from this year i also decided um i should start listening to joanna newsom because i you know have known about joanna newsom for like 10 years but have never really listened to her music. It's one of those things like you just know that they exist and that they're supposed to be real good <laughs> and you just never got around to it. Like, uh, I don't know. That kind of thing is weird to me. Like, like I would have been able to tell you like the name of each one of her albums in order, you know, but would not be able to like, don't I don't know, know any songs song from them or anything, you know, just cause it's, if, if you, if, cause it, like I've known about her since I've like followed music, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I listened to, uh, three Diver. out of four of her albums cause she just oh, had man. an album come out this year, uh, called Divers, which I, I kind of started with listening to some tracks from that, um, which are now kind of like among my favorite tracks of the year. There's some really fucking phenomenal tracks on this album, but anyways, for people who don't know about her, she's a uh, singer-songwriter whose kind of shtick back in the day was, you know, she played a harp. She still plays a harp, but she's, like, really fucking talented, you know. She's, like, one of those people, like, there was kind of this thing, we were talking about this on our show last week in, like, the mid-2000s where, like, Baroque pop was really popular in, like, indie rock circles. So you had these uh, people doing, like, indie rock folksy-type music that were just, like leagues fucking more talented than most people who do that style of music not not saying anything against it, but i mean like no, more like technically trained yeah, and classically like with trained classical background and stuff that, yeah. like you have people like owen pallet and uh janet newsome and like the dude uh, in beirut like mm-hmm. um kind of that sort of thing but yeah that was her thing she played harp and uh she's, she's very 
well known for her incredibly distinctive voice, which some people have said sounds like Lisa Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. But, okay, so it was kind of weird going back to it, because I remember, like, back in 2005, when uh, she had her debut album, The Milk-Eyed Mender, was out, and it was something, like, I had um, on my big hard drive of music from... My uncle is one of the albums <laughs> on there. And I remember listening to it. And back then, I was not really accustomed to, like, uh, you peculiar know, voices peculiar and voices and stuff. Yeah. So I remember listening to it then. I'm like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> like, I don't like it. <laughs> I remember thinking that. I remember listening to it. like, oh, what the fuck? Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's always fun going back to things from, from you know, that far back that you mm-hmm. had an opinion on. Because, like, now I listen to it, I'm like... I'm like this she doesn't have that weird of a voice like it's just it's like it's totally ah. not that weird <laughs> like it's, I, it's I always really, think it's weird it's and then really I not that weird no <laughs> like there are some people with some weird ass voices that I like a lot yeah and it's a uh, I think it's it's just somewhat unconventional in uh most popular music this these days because it's very like high pitched and it takes a lot of influence from like Appalachian folk music and stuff mm-hmm. like that okay uh, yeah yeah but anyways uh I'm hearing my, <laughs> my uh, myself in the headphones now. There's <laughs> a weird feedback yeah, going on. <laughs> creeping me out. It just happened suddenly. <laughs> but anyway, sorry for getting on such a thing. Anyways, I listened to the albums of Milk-Eyed Mender. Amazing album. Is that the one with Peach Pompeer on it? Or is uh, that the second album that came out? It does. I, th- I don't Peach remember the names of the song. I think it does. Peach Pompeer. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I love that song so, so much. So, yeah, the first one is like, they're all shorter tracks and they're all... Um, you know, very pretty. Like, the arrangements are really interesting. Um, she's just, like, a really, really fucking talented songwriter. Like, this, the um, the scope of her songs is very impressive. And her lyrics are extremely well-written. Like, her lyrics are fantastic. Um, yeah, Milk Eyed Manor was great. And then I listened to Ease, which is her second album, which kind of took everything and blew it way fucking bigger. And she had, like, 15 minute songs <laughs> that that album only had five tracks i think it was an hour long um <laughs> that one's really cool it's definitely uh something way more expansive and you kind of get uh lost in like the the stories she's telling like i was saying like the the writing is very very good um then i haven't listened to her third album have one on me yet because it's two hours long um, so i skipped ahead <laughs> to Oh, but I did I did hear the final track from her album Have One on Me, which is called Does Not Suffice, which is a fucking amazing song. You should uh I don't know. I got really into her this week. It sounds so like it. I, I was just like it was one of those things where I was kinda of bummed I hadn't taken the time to listen to it because it's definitely like, it's it's definitely like very much worth uh worth a close listen. And she doesn't release music that often, like uh you know, she's only had four albums since, you know, 2002 or whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah, so I listened to her new album, Divers, because it was one that uh, I knew I should listen to before the end of the year. I'm glad I did. It's real good. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I'm going to say now because I've said too much. Or not said too much, but just talked for too long because uh, it's getting late, guys. It's reasonable, though. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> It's reasonable. But, but anyways... Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a fan of her now. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to great. check her out. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I've been meaning to, like, 
properly go and listen to her. I've heard yeah. I've heard Milk Eyed Mender, but mostly Peach Plum Pear. Yeah. Only really that song continuously. Um I, I think like yeah, I kinda of started by just listening to particular songs and popping like i had because i started just listening to all of it because i had like four songs in a row where each one was like that was fucking incredible oh my god let's go to the next one yeah you were texting me about it like holy shit (laughs) i'll definitely have to check this out then awesome another fantastic album to listen to super definitely a great album from this year um and sounds like all of them are pretty good so i haven't the one i haven't listened to is like commonly hailed as her masterpiece so oh of course yep yeah. the two hour one yeah <laughs> every <laughs> masterpiece is two hours long yeah, everyone do it <laughs> they're always two hours long it's true it's, it's, like... it's weird yeah yeah <laughs> some crazy swan lake phenomenon. two hours long yeah. <laughs> all the best swans albums all the best swans albums <laughs> <laughs> not the same as swan lake <laughs> yeah. but similar name wise <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. They both, I feel, go for the same themes. Yeah, swans. Swans. <laughs> two hours. Yeah, two, two. Unpleasant I'm, I'm things. Connect, I'm, yeah, I'm connecting the dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swan. And where do you think he got the name from? That's all I'm going to say. Probably from swans. Probably from, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just at the park like, what am I going to name my band? Swan swims by. Yeah, but those sw- that swan was swimming on a lake. <laughs> oh, you're right. Probably was same situation. Yeah. Yep. What if it was yep. walking Correct or flying? We don't no, know. no. You said swan swims. By. I did say swimming. Those were your words. All right. What if it was a creek or a swamp? Swan swamp sounds awesome. That would be a pretty badass band name. Actually, swan swamp. <laughs> yeah. I'd listen to swan swamp. I'd yep. have trouble saying its name all the time though. <laughs> Ever hear of this band, Swan Swamp? <laughs> My grunge metal swans cover band. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, swans so, cover band would be pretty good. So that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I had to mention for this week. I would highly recommend everyone listen, listen to John Newsom. Newsom. <laughs> I, I kind of like joked around about her beforehand because it was someone that I didn't really know much about. Mm. But I remember like when when Jack said Joanna Newsom was one of his favorite artists, I kind of laughed at him for being, <laughs> for being like a typical white person. It's true. Though. The rest of that list, though. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, it combined with bright eyes. And like, I, was like, I was like, wow, you are so white. <laughs> it was hilarious. No, but uh, yeah. Excellent artist. Listen to it. Um, the voice is definitely, I could see some people being turned off by it, but if you're turned off by like the early stuff, the, her voice like matures a lot over the course of her career, um, to where now like on the new album Divers, like her voice really has a lot of depth and she can do a lot of interesting things with it. Um, I don't know. That's all I got to say. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I peed all right. <laughs> Gross. Why would why would you do that? Ugh. Ugh. Got excited. Yeah, I uh I don't know a whole lot about Joanna Newsom, but I'm definitely excited to listen to a little bit of, of her work and, and kinda get familiar. Ted. Yes. Alright. I have ragged on you before for being a fan of bullshit world music. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I remember, actually. I don't need to what? ask that. For <laughs> sure. That? He's done that a shit ton of times. Because I, I bring up, like, oh, I was listening to, like, Omar Suleiman. He's like, you and your world music. Always fucking says that. 
So tell me about Tenari Wan. You're right. Music from other places is bullshit. It's such bullshit. <laughs> Only white music. Go. Uh, so Tenari Wen. Hey, man. Hey, hold on. America, not a white country. <laughs> it is. Not musically. There is pluralism here. You're right. <laughs> not musically a white country. <laughs> the the music we have created has come out of out of the I don't know the non white sectors or whatever I don't know what would one call actually that actually that's disingenuous too uh, America has a tremendous amount of fantastic white music but it also has a tremendous amount of fantastic black music it's very true and Hispanic and, music yeah fucking everywhere America is just like like our, every our other country a, in the world, a we get a lot one. of good ass music everywhere. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I would make the argument that America has been pretty instrumental to the development of modern music. I probably um, a large part of that would definitely have to do with our economy, though. Um, we're kind of spoiled in the sense that we have the money to put into music, but I would say. Um, I don't know, America's in the forefront of a lot of things, but not necessarily, like, movement-wise, but we're just in the face of a lot of things. Well, so I what... mean, I mean, the, the development of, of black music out of places like Harlem, I think, would be a great example of, of yeah. things that were hugely inf- influential that w- totally. where movements started in the Americas. I would say but... specifically jazz and rap are and blues are our three biggest... And, and Americana, the, the country folk Americana genre like that's not really american originally i wouldn't say unless i'm wrong i think americana is just a label um because americana is classically just like light-hearted cafe music is how i would describe it well i think it's it's, i I think that's crazy but that's okay (laughs) we don't have to have like we don't have to get super in-depth okay so why did you call i'm gonna defend america yeah we're gonna stop back answer his question i don't don't know if you were serious but it was kind of (laughs) weird No, I I wasn't. Okay. I I tease okay. I, te- I I tease Ted over over world music, right. but yeah. I I don't actually think it's bullshit. <laughs> That's not a, a real opinion. I would probably not be on this podcast if he thought that. <laughs> no, um, no, but I I want to know about about Tenari Wen and uh, where you came across this band and why you chose them for this week. Tell me a little bit about them. All right, uh, so I started listening to Tenari Wen a couple of years ago. Um. I've had two friends give them to me, and I forgot about them the first time, and then another one. Camden gave me them the first time because they came out with an album when we were still doing the Mint um, here at KSUA. And then another friend brought them to my attention a couple months later um, and was just telling me how he thoroughly liked them and described them. Um, And then so I started listening, I don't know, paying more attention to them, and I very taken i'm quite a big fan of this band i would say um tenari wen is is molly desert rock uh they're from northern africa they sort of they started they they formed back in 1979 they've been around for a, a while um oh wow jeez yeah. they they formed out of the the there was you know the whole the colonial powers left northern africa pretty late in this past century realistically like uh, the algerian revolution happened in like the 60s which is france still taking over or being in control of algiers um you know you've got a whole number of like uh tamashik people like the Turegs, the, the berbers um all of their country is sort of 
was still in control, probably still is in many areas, um, in control, uh, or the, the colonial powers being like generally European countries are in control of them. So this sort of came out of that. Um, it's described as a number, it's a band, uh, the, their musical style is described in a number of ways. Uh, there's Mali Desert Rock, as I said before, which is like rock and roll played in Mali, the, the country in the desert. Pretty simple description. It's it's played by the Berber people, so it's influenced by the environment that they're in. Just as all music seems to be, you always take sort of aspects of the environment you're in when you make music, which is one of the reasons I love music. Because um, you can listen to it anywhere around the world and you sort of, you're taken to an environment. It's like listening to a person speak. Whether or not you understand what they're saying, you kind of hear aspects of the the part of the world they're from in the way they speak and i've always loved that um so it's it's also it's sort of described as bluesy often um not this album in particular but a lot of their heavier electrical guitar album me electrical guitar based albums uh will have a lot more blues influence um but the big label it has is uh i can see if i can say this correctly it's uh tishomeran uh which is it's taken from a French word, chômeur, meaning unemployed. Um, and it's so it, it's sort of the ideal. It's it's a revolutionary style music, um, the music of the Tamashik people um, in the northern African area. Um, and it's sort of like a politically involved and, and moving um, style. Uh, it's called or they're labeled that way because the um, the group founder whose name is really kind of hard. It's Ibrahim Ag al-Mahidib, something like that, um, was, uh, he was part of the Mali uprising when he was a child, um, and then, I don't know, was taken by music, and he was moved to a rebel camp um, in, um, uh, oh, what are you called? Algiers. Um and they sort of, he, he was playing with a bunch of, like, his original guitar, they described, was made out of um, a tin can, a stick, a, and a bicycle brake wire. Nice. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like the classic sort of, I don't know, classic story you have with someone coming to their own with, with this instrument they saw in, a, he says, a Western movie. Um, at the age of four, he witnessed the execution of his father, another rebel, during the 1963 uprising in Mali. Like they, I don't know, hard life, definitely. But on his little bicycle wire, he just learned to play tunes um, through that. I couldn't imagine, like, it, it's crazy the taking the concept of an instrument and then sort of making it on your own. I know it's a common thing to happen, but I just, as a, I don't know, sort of privileged person in an era where I could get instruments anytime I want, pretty easily it's it's a fun thought that that still happens because you can really push the like the musical limits like you can find so much from such a simple thing and i i love that um but in uh in the 70s Ag al habib um joined a bunch of musicians in the tareg uh rebel community and just kind of they would sit around a fire um he got his first actual guitar there uh from another I think it was another Mali rebel. Um, and they just started playing music together. Um, super influenced by pop rock, uh, Moroccan groups, um, 
you know, Western rock stars, Elvis Presley, Led Zeppelin, Santana, a lot of the big names at the time. Um, it just sort of evolved from there. Um, they, Tenari Wind means desert. Um, the original name sort of was like Desert Wind or Of the Desert. Uh, it's kind of a loose translation as far as I understand. Um, and a lot of their style is the combination of the classic Western rock and very, I don't know, classical Berber um, style music. So when they play, they're often uh, wearing the full garb of the Berber Saharan desert, which must be very warm underneath spotlights on a stage. I couldn't imagine wearing all that. So you know that a lot of the times they're, um, at least on this album, when they did like the parts with uh, electric instruments, they're actually like, just playing out in the desert in like a tent the whole with like, album with like a generator yeah this whole album <laughs> yeah, they actually like... they found a tiny um they found basically like this there's a specific area um it's like a, a like a number of hours ride out where they mm-hmm. had to pack out all of the electrical gear the generator to run the electrical gear <laughs> um the tents and everything um they and they went into this tiny fantastic canyon uh that's that area is is really wonderful. Um, they they describe the area in the English Patient. If you've ever watched or read that book, because um, I I don't know, Africa is an odd thing. Deserts are an odd thing to me. I've grown in very lush countries, large green trees. So whenever I thought of the desert, up until a few years ago, I kind of thought of it with disdain. I couldn't imagine ever living there. But I've been reading so much literature based around that, listening to so much music in that area, like. I've grown this sort of wondrous idea of the desert. And they describe these these caves and these canyons in this specific area um, that I can't pronounce or remember, frankly, um, that they recorded this album because this al- this area is filled with history. The, these caves are like littered with cave paintings that are between like 8,000 and 2,000 years old. Um, and, you know, it's, we just, it's a sandy, wind-blown sort of, decrepit almost desert but in these paintings it, it decrypt or it depicts this lush wonderful area because over time the climate's changed in that area so it, it's kind of a cool thought that um this this lush area existed there before and so they kind of go back to their roots back to where all this history comes from um where all these paintings of the beautiful sort of like forests um, and oasis lived in that desert and back to where there was entirely different language and entirely different religion. Um, and that's where they recorded the album. Uh, they spent um, a couple of weeks there. I, I want to say it was something like 13, 14 days. I don't remember exactly how much. And they had some help um, from some pretty big names, uh, some people... Josh would know and love uh, Kip Malone and Tunde Adimbimpe from Adimbimpe. Uh, Adimbimpe yes. from TV on the radio were very big hands in this. They met at Coachella like the year before, um, and they they flew down and they were there for about six days and helped out with like five or six tracks, like yeah. a pretty big Chunk portion. Um, Nels Klein helped out on the opening. He did this really atmospheric guitar piece. 
um and he's uh the big guitarist from uh the dad rock band <laughs> wilco yeah um, that's one of the things one does. of the things he is a phenomenal yeah. guitarist we've talked prolific about prolific guitarist super yeah. prolific like that like, guy does yeah. some a lot of goddamn work mm-hmm. and he is good at what he does um and then there's a bunch of other big names that i don't recognize as much um but all around, I would say this is just the Dirty Dozen Brass Band. The Dirty dude. Dozen Brass Band, big name. I don't really know very well, but it's Gregory Davis and Roger Lewis um, helped out. They were the brass on that, the the saxophone, or sorry, the barrier attack. Yeah, so the saxophone and the trumpet um, on Ye Messenger. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's really like the big. The, the history of the album Tassili is oh Tassili is the area so it's named after the area it was recorded in. that's right Tassili um Nadgir in the Algerian National Park um and yeah so they're really great that's the point of this that's all of this I really like them um in listening to them Tassili is probably one of my favorite albums I say that mostly because my favorite track that I've ever heard from them is on this album. Um, it's the second to last track, which is Isweata. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Which is, it, it, it's like the story of pouring tea, or like making tea. Oh, it's, it's and, the tea one. I yeah, it's the tea one. It, and I've been fucking taken by that song for like two years now. There's a really, they, they made a really beautiful music video um, showing like how tea was made. Um, and still is made by the Berbers out in the middle of nowhere, um, and how it's still like this wonderful process, and it's it's really beautiful, um, and yeah. So aside from aside from being about tea, this a lot of the lyrics I forgot to mention that um, are are sort of you can hear it as far as I'm concerned, but sort of like a longing for the desert. It's it's supposed to really draw to the desert um i had gone into earlier that a lot of their other albums because this is their fifth studio album but a lot of their other albums incorporated a lot more electrical guitar a lot more sort of um sound work uh that that isn't classical i guess or or simple i don't know how to describe it better um but they wanted to take this album and make it a lot more like how they used to make it where they would sit around a, a fire and just pass a guitar around um, and do the percussion with your hands on this weird sort of shell thing that makes really cool sounds. Mm. Um, and they they wanted that idea of the desert to be pushed through with this album because a lot of the lyrics are talking about like people leaving the desert and how tragic it is, but how they kind of understand because you know it's the world is changing and how as Berber, um, which is a nomadic tribe originally from the uh the sahara or in the the mountains in the upper sahara area um how they're supposed to find their place in this modern world while they don't ever feel quite right um leaving the desert uh so it's it's truly beautiful i i love this album um yeah what do you guys think i made a critical error with this album which was not dedicating nearly enough time to it um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's that's something that that i i realized as soon as i i listened through it was that that for me to really come to appreciate it and and find the the things that i would like about it would 
require a lot of time, and I, I didn't find that time to commit. Um, that said, bearing your uh, your explanation in mind uh, about how this how this is supposed to be a, a hearkening back to that that feeling of sitting around a fire and and passing this guitar around and playing these these very kind of honest and and for the most part simple tracks or acoustically simple um i felt like it captured that extremely well um and i am a huge sucker for tune de and kit malone um I, I, the the track that they were on, I I heard I heard Tunde's vocals on and immediately recognized. Was like, yo, oh, okay, that's happening here. I'm on board with this. Um, but by and large, man, I I think part of it was the language issue. Uh, I think I think not being able to understand the lyrics and only really being able to get an emotional vibe from them, rather than um, rather than clear meaning really made it difficult for me to to get as much from this album as I could have given the amount of time that I I spent with it. Um so it it didn't take me the same way that it took you. Uh like I I'm I don't I definitely don't dislike it. I'm I'm not I like I I don't dislike listening to it, but it didn't capture me the way that it it, it captured you. And I and I don't think I found the beauty in it that that you found. And that might that might just be a function of not giving it the time and not really coming to to know it because I think I think part of that is is in it in its simplicity there's there's a lot to sort of find right like it it takes some work to dig through um and and I haven't done that yet so I didn't find uh what what makes you love this album the same way that's reasonable I mean to an extent i totally i understand <laughs> what you're saying i'll i'll say that um because i was i mean with with them i was pretty much immediately taken um it did not take me listening to it more than once to know that i was very fond of this style mm-hmm. i've never I, this might be a personal thing but i've never really had trouble listening to music that's sung in a different language and i think that might also be because i can't really understand music sung in english anyway so it's really not <laughs> it's anyway. all the same anyways yeah it's yeah. all the same to me <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah okay maybe uh, you know you know um it, it may have been the language thing but at the same time like i i adore manu chow who sings in french and english and i or french and spanish and english and and my french is a little limited and my spanish is less limited but still not on par so maybe it, it had more to do with the 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 sing-songy nature of the delivery or, or something there but vocally i wasn't connecting with it uh the way the way that that you did which is which is then why when you know you had you had one of my favorite singers on the track uh i i was immediately able to connect with it and be like oh this is something that i really like mm-hmm. you know cool i didn't like the album <laughs> no, I yeah, I I'm a fan of uh, Tanara Wynn. I I think I had heard this album before. I've yeah, the way I've listened to them, I've never given their given their like discography a good listen through. It's just usually been like something here or there because they have a particular sound that you know if you're looking for that kind of thing, you can go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you that I think their uh, their sound, especially on this album, is is um, very evocative of what 
they're trying to do like like yeah when i was reading about the campfire thing i was like yeah totally that's what this it's exactly it what like. it feels like, like yeah yeah uh, uh, yeah no that's yeah, something it's I very would, it's I would very like too. it's very like communal sounding and um really cool i love uh on all their stuff like the way the particular way they like play their guitars is is a really cool sound to me because it sounds it's like based in all these things we recognize but there are little subtleties to it that uh just make it you know somewhat different like the way they the things they do with like muting and scratching they do it mm-hmm. in a particular rhythm that's pretty unique to to the style of music um and just kind of like the way they they pick certain notes um they you know they accent different um different characteristics than you hear in a lot of uh uh, like rock from the U.S., um, which is really cool. I think it's a a really uh, uh, cool guitar style, and it sounds like the fucking desert. That's what it, <laughs> it like, totally does. does. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's uh, I don't know. I yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I don't like you said most of the things. I <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, like I said, I usually I usually don't listen to like a full Tenarawin album. Usually, because I don't know, that's usually something I'm looking for for a little bit, and then, uh, like my only complaint, because I don't think it's a bad thing about the album, but it's like you know, it's very much kind of like the same feeling throughout. Yeah. Um. So sometimes it would feel like a little bit long to me, but I could totally like, see that. Not in like any native way, like no, at all, but uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, in in the like million times I listened to it, there were very there were a number of points in there where it would feel start feeling long yeah for a did bit. you guys listen to the the deluxe edition with the four bonus tracks or just the bass album Both. uh i listened to the bass album i didn't listen to okay. the bass tracks mm-hmm. yeah, the i went tracks i are also great i went with the the deluxe the deluxe thing and, and and i think part of it was that nothing really sounded different to me mm-hmm. like it it didn't it wasn't an album that felt like it had a lot of pacing to it and yeah you know that that's in part because I don't know the intricacies of guitar the way that Camden does, for instance, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, y- you know, yeah, I uh, that was by and large I couldn't tell you one track from the next. I can understand that. I mean, a lot of them are incredibly similar, um, pacing wise. I would say, or musically. Um, it is sort of a very slow pace, and I'm sure they went for that. And that was yeah, that, that's 100 percent like, intentional. That's, that's like what their sound is like. I have never Definitely. heard a like fast paced song from Tenarius. It's not a big. It's not thing. like it's not like what they do. What no. what and what it, are their other albums? With... Sorry, go ahead. Finish okay. finish your thought. Oh, go, uh, go. What are you gonna say? What what do their other albums sound like? If this is a return to to the tribalism, to the the the, the feeling of of sitting around a fire in the desert, which you know is exactly what this feels like, mm-hmm. what does the rest of what they do sound like? How does that differ? Like uh, most most of the other stuff I've heard is. Um... I like I I don't think most of their other stuff, at least that I've heard, is really extremely different from this. No, it's um, it's not super like, different. Yeah, uh, mostly the difference here was a lot more acoustic instruments. Um, I think the particular recording style did mm-hmm. you know give some auditory help to the idea of like what they're trying to evoke. But like their other music sounds like this. It's this very is, much like this. It's yeah, just it's, okay. an inclusion of like you wouldn't hear another 
Tanara went out and be like, what, this is grindcore now? What the fuck? Yeah, like, no, it, 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 right. sounds, it sounds the same. It's not like a John Zorn change. Yeah. It's not even a mild change too much. I mean, yeah. it's okay. kind of the inclusion. The main yeah. difference is just the way they recorded this and the, the specific thought they put mm-hmm. into this album. Yeah, yeah. The, the well, calling back to the desert. When you describe this as 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 Molly Rock, at, Molly Desert Rock at the beginning of, of this section, I, I had a bit of a pause because I was like, well, this doesn't sound like rock to me. Mm-hmm. you know right like yeah. and 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 that there there are a thousand different varieties of rock and roll and and but but that isn't the label that i would have attached to this so i was wondering kind of if their other albums fell more under that label directly or if and and if this was sort of yeah like like we described like you described uh a a call back to that tribalism i would say um their other albums they're not far off it would be closer to what one would think with rock um yeah. because of the heavier inclusion of uh the heavier uh, instruments the the electric but not yeah. by much really okay i think i've i i've i've never really felt that the desert rock was a weird thing to call it no um, i think it's appropriate yeah. definitely yeah yeah and that like i'm i'm no expert mm-hmm. so that was just the the thought that ran through my head yeah um what i would say if you are having trouble sort of having the feeling the pathway of the album um it does a very classic thing where it's got sort of like the the themes um the the the, the not like lyrical themes but the the melodical themes attached um that sort of come in thirds specifically um the imitated one ma tenem uh the starting one <sighs> which song that connects back to i think it's back in the um the God, I can never pronounce any of these. Tenere uh, Takim Tosam. So it, it basically, if you look at the album and you separate it in thirds, mm-hmm. um, it will sort of melodically connect those themes down the line. Um, okay. The one that I always catch is uh, Wala Ila, uh, the one with Kit Malone and uh, Tunde, um, connects back down. There, that one only connects two times, I would say. That's. It's sort of the beginning of that ties back into the Asweata, the second to last song. Um, mm-hmm. And then it does a very classic sort of soft outro where it finishes it off like um, feeling like it's, you know, four in the morning and everyone's getting tired and the fires come down low with Takest Tamidaret, or however you say it. I can't pronounce any of this. Um, but yeah, so if, if you're having trouble you'll find those small melodic themes connected. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that might that might help a little bit. Um if you keep an eye out for it. Mm-hmm. Really. I don't know. I'll I'll keep that in mind because like there's clearly a lot here. It's it's the same it's the same way that I can look at something like I can look at a really talented guitarist like uh oh there aren't any, don't they? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Guitarist, please. I was, I was gonna go with the, uh, the, the fuse fingered uh, Django, Django Reinhardt, um, and, and I can listen to his, his work and not be super engaged with it because it's an incredible guitar, but it is ninety percent guitar, and, and somewhere along the way I lose the thread, um, and you know. That's that's a me thing, right? Like there are yeah, plenty right. of people right. that could throw on some Django Reinhardt and and enjoy some classic gypsy guitar for hours. I'm not one of them. Um, 
so I, I think, yeah, it was a similar thing here where it, you know, I said, I described the music as simple and, and that's not entirely accurate. You also said uh, honest, and I think yeah. that was definitely closer to what you were. Looking yeah, for. I think I think so. Like the the guitar work here was very detailed and and very intricate at points, uh, and and like I heard that and I respected it, but it's still yeah, just it wasn't quite enough for me, um, and and I don't know exactly what that is, and and maybe it's maybe it's because I didn't say well this will be an album about sitting around the fire playing guitar and and approach it that way or or maybe it's just not quite my thing um but like it's it's another one of the things where i can very clearly recognize that it's good and not necessarily engage with it entirely Mm -hmm. i understand that plenty of those things that i have let me tell you about a little artist named adele (laughs) oh god are we wait are we done is that the no we we don't we don't have to be uh we we can uh, <laughs> I, that's, that's cool. yeah i'm fine with it i, I just I, I actually really have to pee so <laughs> maybe we should be done that's yeah that's so all quiet. i've got for tenari when uh all those final thoughts i think this album's really cool i think tenari one has a uh you know a very distinctive sound that i definitely go to in certain times and i'm like i want something that sounds exactly like this yeah and it's uh they uh, do a good job of yeah, fulfilling it, that it's, need yeah it's... Tenari Wen sounds exactly like Tenari Wen. Yeah. It's per- it's if you want to listen to some fucking Tenari Wen, you put will... on some yeah. Tenari Wen. Yeah. They will <laughs> not. Will... They will not lead you astray. They will, they will not disappoint. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, why don't we take a couple minutes so that people who need to run to the bathroom can do oh, that? Camden, thank you. <laughs> it's Camden, everybody. Camden, that's Camden. Me. Camden's it's going me. to the bathroom. Like, fucking always. He's <sighs> got the bladder of a puppy. And then when we get back. When we get back, I've got a music headline for you. We're back. Camden has relieved himself. Yeah, he has. Oh, baby. Say that again. Camden has <laughs> relieved himself. Oh, man. Don't I'm actually so happy say he said it again. again. Oh, thank oh. God. No, I, I was worried he wouldn't. Uh, now I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have music news for you. I only have one okay. real, real story, but man, is it. Oh, I was so excited when I heard about it. Is it the Once Upon a Time in Shaolin? It one? sure is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. fucking funny. Okay. <laughs> Ted, have you not heard about this? No. Okay, so you remember Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. We bullshitted about it weeks ago. It's the Wu-Tang The album? Wu-Tang album. It has been... That was many, many weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, many, many weeks so, so, ago. So, months ago. It is the solo copy of the new Wu-Tang record... Which may or may not be an actual Wu-Tang record because it was produced by Civil Rings instead of by the RZA, who only got involved when they said there would only be one copy of it, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? The new Wu-Tang album will only have one copy released, only had one copy made that they then auctioned off. 
And last week, we found out that it had been purchased for $2 million. Oh, it went for two. They were expecting $1 million. That's I crazy. think they were expecting five. Oh, maybe <laughs> I was wrong. Damn. Man, got so it got purchased for $2 million. Okay, and we didn't know the identity of the person who had purchased it. It was kind of a mystery. It was kind of a, who the fuck did this? Are they going to release it? Are they going to actually, like, because you can't sell it. But you can put it out for free anytime in the mm-hmm. next eighty-eight years, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so, so no one knew had who had who had purchased this album. Meanwhile, developing alongside this story in a completely different sector, not related to music at all, <laughs> was a young professional, an executive, a CEO of a company named Turing Pharmaceuticals. Oh no, Martin Shkreli. CEO of Turing Pharmaceuticals purchased the exclusive rights to produce an antiparasitic that saved lives. And with those rights, he jacked up the price of that antiparasitic from $13 a pill to $750 a pill. He then promised that he would reduce the price again. And the media attention dropped off of him. And then he put out a press statement saying that he wouldn't. That happened like two weeks ago. It has come to light that the man who purchased Once Upon a Time in Shaolin was, in fact, Mr. Martin Shkreli. That fucking guy. The most, the most hated man in America is also, well, one of the most hated men in America. This is, this is definitely the funniest news of the year. Yeah. This is, this is, like, this is this... the most... The onion in actual real life. Yeah, this is yeah. this is 100% going to win our our award for news for news of the year. Jesus. Uh, so so a couple clarifications. Uh, he actually purchased it back before he jacked up the price of uh of of the drug. So it was before so he didn't he didn't just <laughs> he didn't use the. He's like, oh shit, I gotta get. This yeah yeah yeah. yeah. He, he, he he didn't How he didn't do this, this to become even more hated. Like he gets off on being hated by the internet. You can tell because he just tweets rap lyrics and and like cites Eminem and stuff whenever uh, whenever people like say that he's evil. You can tell that like he kind of enjoys the attention. But he actually bought this album before everyone hated him. He. Also, bought it before he ever listened to it. Well, yeah. You no, 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 no. They offered listening thing. Like when you had made the purchase, you had the opportunity to then listen to the album before when you had made. The yeah, purchase. you said when you made the purchase. Right, right. You... But you can you can listen to it before finalizing the purchase. Okay, so not when you make the purchase. But you you have you have you have you have won the auction. You are drawing up the contract. You now have the opportunity. It may have even been for, like, bidding in the auction and being able to represent that much money. Like, they're, they're, you, you had the opportunity to listen to an extended cut. Not the whole thing, but way more than anyone else who hadn't gone to one of their private listening parties got to listen to. So you had that chance. This man purchased the album for $2 million and sent his intern... To go listen to the record prior to buying it. (laughs) 
I hate this guy so awesome. much. <laughs> oh my god! So, so he essentially bought it so that he could throw rich people record listening com- uh, less record listening parties. Yeah. Like that's what he bought it for. Yeah. Let's be honest here, and that's okay. But shortly after it was purchased, and the identity of the purchaser came to light, something new was revealed. Built into the purchasing contract is. What w- okay, I've heard. I've heard that this was actually not true. Ah, uh, everything I've heard suggested it. The last, the last thing I heard mm. this was that this was. Bullshit. All right, I gotta look it up just because I <laughs> I want to share it. Uh, hold on, because it. I I need to know now because the last thing I read said it was definitely definitely true, but uh, it you're right. It it might <laughs> not be. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, I've got to, I've got to look it up now. Strikes for Josh this episode. This was this was the best part of the story, and now I've got to look it up. Uh, selling an album. Oh come on, does it say it anywhere? It uh, it might have been just a scam. All right, that's un that's unfortunate. Okay, so what was the rumor though? For all right, someone who so hadn't heard it. So, yeah, it looks like... Anyway. Uh, so the, the rumor was, they posted a picture of what looked like the contract with a paragraph highlighted. And it was posted by, by someone that no one had ever heard of, but it looked legit. And what it said was, any time within the next 88 years, any member of the Wu-Tang Clan or Bill Murray may attempt one legal caper and or heist to reclaim the only copy of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin with no legal repercussions if they are caught or fail. That doesn't sound real at all. Well, I mean, RZA tweeted out, we're really getting the urge to call Bill Murray. So, I don't know, man. I wanted to believe... And, and in fact, like most places believed, like major news outlets like Gizmodo and uh, and NME and a couple other other big online sources were like, "Oh, this is this is super super real." And then Shkreli tweeted out something about, you know, you can give it a shot, but I'm not one to steal from. So like, there were there were reasons to believe that it was real, as ridiculous as it sounded, and. And if anyone were to put that into one of their contracts, it would be the Wu-Tang Clan, right? Right, but I don't think that's actually a thing you can actually put in a contract. Hey, man, it's a fucking contract. Yeah, not in, like, a secret <laughs> We'll take it. No, no, <laughs> no, it was in clearly in the contract. It was not in fine print. It was just in print. Right, it's- but that doesn't mean you can... That actually gives you the right to break into someone's... Well, yeah, I, I, you, I like, mean... I, I mean... Yeah. That's you. That, it, you've got to test it in court. You've got to test it in court. You've got to test it in court, man. Contract sort of. Yeah, thing. It, it could be like yeah, an but agreement between Martin could be like, oh, I shot him because he broke in, and they were like, ah, but the contract. Yeah, right, 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 right. He wouldn't be protected by the contract. He just wouldn't go to jail because of the contract. But he. It could, because I could be like breaking in, stealing everything, and then like last second try and grab the record, get copy. Like, oh, it was, it, I was grabbing the record. I didn't care about all this money that was just here in my hand already. Right, but that's uh, so. So the wording of the contra- of the the fake contract was actually incredible. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you exactly what it says. Okay, 
The buying party also agrees that at any time during the stipulated 88-year period, the seller may legally plan an attempt to execute one, and in parentheses, one, the, the numeral, heist or caper to steal back once upon a time in Shaolin, which, if successful, would return all ownership rights to the seller. Said heist or caper can only be undertaken by currently active members of the Wu-Tang Clan and or actor Bill Murray with no legal repercussions. Please refer to section 36 for an appended list of all current members of the Wu-Tang Clan. How does one legally plan a heist? (laughs) They they are given the legal right to plan, to plan and heist. attempt that's totally a heist it, that, you, that sentence right but there the, like, but uh, the it might from the sale of an item whether or not you just like overthrow any laws you want <laughs> like, well i not keep in mind that the contract does like like it it's sort of like a licensing contract too because he can release the album for free but he cannot sell it commercially so right. there yeah, there are weird things in there. it and even if it didn't hold up in court like I would believe that the RZA or ODB, if he were still around, would put that into a contract. ODB definitely would put that into a contract. 100%. Or he just wouldn't put it in a contract and he'd do it anyway. That's my feelings. Anyway, that's the only bit of news that I wanted to bring up because, man, was that incredible. I just I love how those two stories came together. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hilarious. <sighs> Alright. That's the only news I've got that I really wanted to talk about. Other things happened. We don't necessarily care about them. Um, nope. Housekeeping. Oh! Oh. I got an email. What? We've got an email? We got an email from a uh, from friend of the show, Robbie Chapel. Oh, God. Oh, God, damn God I don't even care anymore. <laughs> the subject line reads, Here's an email since you little titty babies keep complaining about not getting any emails like little titty babies. Ha! Look at them. They're crying. The, uh... I don't want to hear this. The email itself says, Shut up. You shut up, Robbie. Yeah, you, you shut up. Sh- shut up! <laughs> Don't don't be coming on our show telling us to shut up. You shut up. <laughs> yeah. That's my response to that. P.S. Yeah. Thanks for adding me when you mentioned Eugene slash Portland slash Oregon. Not dick riding boot snakes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the entirety yeah, that of is. the email. Nice. Good good email. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Do you, do do any of you have anything that you want to say to 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 one Robbie Robbie Chapel? His picture is like a mutant oh. fucked up Totoro. You can't see it when I hold Thanks it up to the screen. Insanely <laughs> bright light. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's like Thanks a it's that. like a horrible Totoro helpful. monster. It's terrible. Either do either of you? This is your opportunity to smack oh, talk. I already said shut up. Yeah, we told him to shut up. up That's all you got. And, uh, Wait. And I'll ride his dick anytime I want, so. <laughs> you guys are so bad at smack. God damn it. Where's your smack? Yeah. I'm the host. I was, just the pass- cry baby. I was just passing the message along, man. Yeah, you're part of the... Sound like a titty baby. Well, I mean, you sound do you... like a big old titty cry baby. <laughs> Robbie, let me tell you something a little... <laughs> 
Robbie, let me tell you a little something about the sounding board, brother. Fuck, I'm not a wrestler. We're not doing that. Yeah, what the fuck are you what doing? Are you doing? <laughs> oh <my God>. Stop. <laughs> not cutting a promo. That didn't work. <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the email. Like thanks for that. the email, Robbie. We uh we appreciate that you spent probably ten minutes writing those two lines. Yeah, no, that's stupid. I gotta rewrite that one. <laughs> <laughs> too many, too many exclamation points. Or too many titties. Not enough exclamation points. Let me add some more. Uh. Let's talk about what's coming up. Um, next week we are going to have some guest end of the year content from the guests we've had this year. Robbie is one of them. Uh, we should also be hearing, hopefully, from Joey Hart, Lana McMullen, and Reeves Richards. Uh, that should go up sometime next week, hopefully. Uh, the week after, we're going to be having our big end-of-the-year extravaganza, which means that the three of us are going to sit down and load up Skype and talk about music that came out this year for a long, long time. What that means is that next week there won't be a standard standard sounding board. It's just not going to happen because instead of doing that, I'm going to be listening to all the albums that I missed. Like which is most of them. Let's be honest here. All of them? You're oh, not going to I'm going to listen to all of them once. You're not you're not going to be able to. I'm going to listen to them all of them once and I will rank them in order of you're which not, I listen to. You're not going to you're not going to be able to listen to all the ones on our list either. Yeah, you, you there's too many. Don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. I have a full week and a half. I can do like, it. Of working. <laughs> of working. Unless well, you, you call could, out of work. I, okay. uh, yeah, I, I, won't, mean, I won't tell you what you can't yeah, do. Don't you, tell you me what I can't you, do. You can you can you can do it if you believe in yourself. I can try hard and believe in myself. I can do that. Okay. Okay. So yeah, no episode next week. Um end of the year stuff. We will be back either the first or second week of January. Uh probably we'll try and have an episode up on the first Tuesday in January. That's uh, what I anticipate. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a Warren Zevon album. Warren Zevon. We're going to be talking about Life Will Kill Ya. Uh, and I'm really excited for that. And and Ted, I'm excited for you to, to listen to some, some Zevon because, man, man, he's really good. Uh, we can be reached in all the normal places, uh, which is the email address. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been a heck of a year, guys. Um, it's been really crazy doing this and, and putting this together and, and trying to make it happen every week. And I, I'm glad that you guys, uh, kind of stuck with it, uh, with me, stuck to it with, with me, made it through the year mm. with me on, on this whole thing. <laughs> so, uh, I like what I'm hearing. Huh? Yeah. I like this direction it's going. Stick to me, baby. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for joining me today guys uh that was really fun um i'll talk to you soon we're gonna get this end of the year stuff going it's gonna be great it's gonna be great it's gonna be great you guys look skeptical that's all right <laughs> have a great night guys and uh i'll talk to you soon bye bye, bye.